0: Okay, so this is episode 27 of House of Bill Wad. We're going. Oh yeah, we're we're rocking. We're it
1: live. Home.
0: And uh, my guest today is my good friend, and we're going to get into all the things that we have in common and the things we do together, Bianca Brady.
1: Hi! She's
0: very excited to be on the show. Bianca is actually the person who who named the show.
1: Yep, that was
0: me. So when I said to you, I need a name for the show, how did you come up with Pals with Bill Wadman?
1: Well, you said, my show is going to be like me, and I talk to all my cool friends. You're not invited till maybe episode like 27, but... Um, I'm going to <laughs> talk to,
0: this is, this is a direct quote.
1: <laughs> I'm going to talk to like my friends who I think are really interesting and they're my pals and like, we have a great time. And I just like the idea of a little double entendre in a title, a pun Yeah, pals with Bill Wadman pals with Bill Wadman works yeah, yeah. on two levels. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like the, the with Bill Wadman could be below or at the same size of pals. Is
1: what yeah. Saying. And it's how you think about it in your head. It's just a little extra, you know, some genius thing that I bring to the table. is like my smart brain.
0: Is that what we're doing right now? You're bringing stuff to the table?
1: (laughs) For the first time ever.
0: Uh, What I I love about the people that I have on my show, on my show.
1: So far that they haven't been me. Yep, go on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a running joke, isn't it? Um, Is that I met them all in such... particularly peculiar ways, Mm -hmm. you know, some people it's like friends of friends. Sometimes it's people I know from up the street. Sometimes it's people I photographed or whatever it is. And like, I originally met you because you worked at the coffee shop downstairs a million and a half years ago.
1: Very long time ago. Yeah. With, um, our boy Derek.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Derek Bishop, who is now up in Maine and maybe he listens to this and we can say, Hey Derek.
1: Hi Derek. Miss you buddy.
0: Um, and it's just funny because you were how old at the time?
1: I think I was probably like twenty-one or twenty-two. You were a baby. I was a child. Yeah, I was I was young.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so here you are all of what, like thirty. Thirty, right. Or I forgot about the thirty birthday. Uh and and it's it's I don't know, I guess it's just fun to see you grow up.
1: Aw, oh, thanks, Bill.
0: Because I, I feel like Heather and I are sort of like little bit sort of like parental figures to you. and For sure. And and we take that responsibility very seriously.
1: And I appreciate it. I don't know if the listeners know about my dramatic saga that I think really solidified our friendship.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to... So we're going to... Can we, can, we, can we start at the beginning oh, and yeah. get into that?
1: yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Because
0: I think there's lots of stuff. No, there's tons of stuff I want to talk about. Okay, cool. Okay, so you and I have... It's, I feel like sometimes, especially when we, less now than when we first met, you and I used to butt heads more then than we do now. You think so? Yeah. You don't think so?
1: About what?
0: I, well, here's the thing. This is what I wanted to kind of tease out on the air, per se. I feel, I feel like we're on a, an episode of- uh, uh, Maury? <laughs> I was thinking uh, uh, more Howard Stern.
1: Oh, okay. Go. Yeah. Why? <laughs> what did I do?
0: No, I don't think you did anything, but I think that you and I had a lot of similar experiences and in some ways we're very similar people and sometimes that can lead to a little bit of like a headstrong thing.
1: Yeah, I can you know? see that.
0: And I think that over the years we've kind of figured that out and so now we if we do have that tendency, we kind of go, "Oh no, that's just cuz Bianca and I are a lot alike."
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes we're I think we're both lively conversationalists. Yes. And we tend to like take a position when we speak about something, both of us. Yeah. And so if you and I are ever having a conversation and we are both taking a position and it happens to be opposing positions, yes. things get a little fiery
0: yeah. and yeah, maybe yeah.
1: I'll roll my eyes and, and do like wild hand gestures at you. Instead.
0: Yeah. 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 Now here's my question for you. Yeah. It, it, when, when you do get like that and I get like that sometimes too, but I can't answer for, I can, I can answer for me, but I can't answer for you. Are you ever convinced by say at all convinced by my position, but don't want to admit it because you've made the, taken the other position and you know what I mean? Yeah, And you sort of like a little obstinance.
1: Of course. In
0: there. Yeah, yeah. Because it's I like, don't think... Oh, the other person's making a good point, but like, but no, I'm going to kind of try- take him down.
1: <laughs> I have to double down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because
1: I think it's boring to be like, well... You know, good thoughts on both sides. <laughs> yeah. Like, who wants yeah. to have a conversation like
0: that? Yeah, that? That doesn't lead to anything good.
1: I like to be a little bit argumentative. Yeah. And I think sometimes even when with people I don't know very well, I do that just as like a way to entertain myself sure. where they're like, oh, I got uh, chocolate ice cream last night. And I'm like, never eat ice cream at night. Yeah, yeah. Terrible idea,
0: you're the Christopher Hitchens of Park Slope
1: yeah, <laughs> <You're-> <laughs> no, that's rude <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, but you and I have a lot in common in the sense that we're we've both had a lot of experience with like addiction in our families mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff and and we both don't drink right? so you know, true, which is when you were in college. So I'm what is it, fourteen years older than you?
1: But we both don't drink because we never have, which is very rare to find. Right? In yeah, a yeah, friend. yeah.
0: It's true. There are people who yes used to drink a lot and then oh I realized I should probably like lighten up a little bit and then ended up stopped drinking or right. Whatever it is. But
1: then there are also people who don't really drink, but they'll still like sip on a beer throughout yeah. the course of a party. Yeah, yeah. And you and I are not that person. Right.
0: Either. Almost to like pass as a drinker. Right. Yeah, which is a weird thing that you feel like you have to have do that.
1: Just drink seltzer.
0: Right, right. Well, nowadays that's a far more, you know, reasonable thing to do. Um, but yeah, neither of you have ever drank, or neither of us have ever ever drank, but did, when you were 14 years after me, was that a thing when you were like in high school and college? Because you grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts, Worcester. You mm-hmm. don't have an accent though. Thank you. Did you work hard to not have an accent?
1: No, I think sometimes I still do if I'm talking to... If I'm there and yeah. I'm talking to those people. What do you people. fall into?
0: <laughs> those people. <laughs>
1: my good family. Thing, good thing
0: those people aren't listening right now. No,
1: they will. Now that Hi, they know I'm on. Um, No, but sometimes if I'm talking to my mom and like getting riled up about something or if I'm mad or tired... Like one time I was really tired in college talking to my friend Nora and I said that something had Parmesan on it and she was like what I was like I mean uh Parmesan cheese (laughs) yeah yeah how silly of me
0: (laughs) I would never have said Parmesan
1: Parmesan no but drinking I I just kind of took a a, I just kind of decided when I was very young that I wasn't going to because I, I went to a lot of like, I knew a lot of people in the program, in 12 step programs who were in recovery and I had read a lot of that literature and like been to those meetings, even as like a little kid just tagged along. Yeah. And so I sort of learned about drinking in a very backwards way, where you I learned never, all the bad side of it. Yeah, I never knew anybody who really drank in a healthy way until I was older. I never really saw that. Yeah. So I was terrified. I was honestly terrified because, you know, you learn it's a family disease, sure. and
0: you do you know. believe that you that 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 it's, it's at some level you have addictive personality. Absolutely.
1: A hundred yeah. percent.
0: So it's like, you know, what, it's probably a good thing that I just never started. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then at this point, it's like, I could probably have a glass of wine and right. nothing bad would happen, but I don't know. What's the difference then? Who cares?
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 It's interesting that in New York city, here we are in 2019 and you know, the group of people that the circles that we hang out in, there's m- more of us than there used to be. For sure. You know, there's a lot of people who just don't.
1: Actually, I was just talking to a friend and she said that she feels like it's a trend now to quit drinking.
0: <laughs> it's like the people who are like quitting Facebook and turning off yeah. their phones, like trying to reconnect with reality, man.
1: Yeah. Reality's such a trip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but and, and you but you came down to New York just for college.
1: For college, yeah, when I was eighteen. I went to the new school university. Now, what, what
0: was so new about it?
1: The name, yeah, and that's about it. And they accepted me, so I came. Yeah, I got rejected from a lot of places.
0: Really? How oh, were, yeah. were your grades no good in high school?
1: They were fine. I mean, they Can were. You go to
0: like some fancy private uh, Catholic girls' school or something?
1: Worcester Academy, a uh, private, non-Catholic co-ed school. Prep school. Prep school. Okay. But
0: it didn't prep you well enough apparently?
1: Well, I think my graduating class was a really tough year for girls to get into college actually. Okay. Really? And
0: do you, you think it's an actual gender-based thing?
1: It was. Yeah, it was like a I remember it being a tough year for girls. Okay. And I had good grades but not in math or science, you know?
0: Yeah. And
1: I had extracurriculars but you know, I don't know. I got rejected from like five places in one week, and it was a really hard week. That must week. have been a
0: hard week. It was
1: awful. You were just
0: like, I feel like nothing right now.
1: Yeah, I was like, okay, well, guess that's that for me.
0: And then so the new school comes through at the at the ninth hour.
1: Yeah, and I was like, guess I'll go there. And yeah. I knew I wanted to go to college in either New York City or Boston because, because I don't drink and because I didn't want to be my – my fear was like, Amherst or something. yeah, being stuck on a college campus yeah. and being like,
0: I did that for two years
1: stuck in a, in a frat party situation, not being able to leave. Yep. And I couldn't picture myself being okay with that. So I was like, I want to be in a city so that when I leave school, I'm just in the world and I'm not like in this fake pretend kids only world.
0: Yeah. Are you glad you chose? Because I went to school in Boston. Did you? Are you glad you chose New York over Boston? Yeah, yeah. I am. I am. Boston's a very it's it's. I mean, it's a, obviously a bigger place than Worcester, mm-hmm. but it's still not a very big place.
1: Yeah, and I think like New York to me is just was so was such a huge step. Like I'd never really been. I'd never, I'd visited only a few times before I moved here.
0: You jumped right in, both And I'd,
1: I don't think I'd ever been on the subway. And my dorm was in the financial district, but my school was in the village. So I had to take the subway to school every day. Yeah. And I was so scared. Why
0: are there dorms down there? No Seems space. Seems like a strange place to have them.
1: Yeah, I cried when I found out I was in that dorm. I was so Oh, was, oh so they're not
0: all down there. That's just no. one of the dorms. And yeah. but in the end did it not end up being that big of a deal? Or did you have friends down there who were in the Yeah, door it so? was fine. Yeah. Right.
1: But like for the first probably year that I lived in New York, every time I would take the subway, I would have my hand on my Metro card like two blocks before I got to the train because I was like having to be ready. Yeah. And like Like
0: an anxiety thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Just like
1: fully on guard. I was, I was like an hour early to school for the first semester. Cause I just couldn't figure out how long it took. I mean, how long it took. Yeah. Taked. <laughs>
0: Who are these I people? couldn't figure out how long it yeah. takes to
1: get to school. <laughs> um, yeah, because it, I think it was like a 12 minute subway ride. Yeah, And so I was like, I have to give myself an hour and a half.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Did you always have like anxiety at that, like some sort of level of anxiety? Yes. Where'd that come from, you think? Do you know? Mm,
1: I don't know. It's just always been with me.
0: And did your your parents have kind of look at you and go, Bianca, relax. It's okay.
1: Well, I remember my stepdad saying stuff like, why are you scared of that? There's nothing to be scared of.
0: Yeah. Like yeah.
1: going to the airport or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah Like yeah. Mm, I know there's nothing to be scared of, but that doesn't mean it's
0: not scary.
1: Not flying, being at the airport.
0: So it was like it was the airport process, sort of the yes. security and all that stuff. Like that was the anxiety thing, not of the course. flying.
1: And being late is always. Oh
0: God, yeah, I can't handle that. And you're it. you're you're a non-time person. Yes. It's, it, it, okay, can I say something that in a, in a way that I completely do not mean it as a criticism? You come off as somebody who would probably be late all the time. Thank you. But you are not late. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're like an on time. You kind of like come off as like a really on time, sort of slacker stoner, right? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Do other people say that too?
1: Yeah. People can't believe that I have anxiety. You're not high all the time. And that I'm not high all the time. (laughs) Well, because my anxiety manifests as like a slowdown. Like if I'm interacting with a person who is making me anxious, I get even more like slow and low key and quiet and like way down here. Like I need to absorb their freaky energy and like turn it into a rock so that I can handle it. Right. So it's a real roiling boil underneath, but it's a very cool exterior.
0: Yeah. And you've, you, you, you use that to a good effect. I mean, you, you, you worked in the restaurant industry for a number of years and you were very good with patrons who were being a PIA and, and people yelling at you and all that kind of stuff. Like you you had skills in that arena.
1: Yeah. They call me the lunatic whisperer
0: (laughs) (laughs) because you just talk people down.
1: Yeah. It's a special skill. It's on my resume.
0: Is it really on your resume? No. That'd be awesome if it was, <laughs>
1: but it should be. Yeah, I mean, special skills. In, even in my job now, I have to do that a lot. I still do customer service, but for like a fashion company. Right. So a lot of complainers.
0: And that's via text though, right? That's via like
1: email, email, but a lot of phone calls.
0: Oh, okay. And people call and they're irate and you're just like, "See, you can just sit there and take that.
1: A lady told me I ruined Christmas.
0: You you personally. (laughs) Okay, see, and you that doesn't affect you.
1: I think it's funny. Interesting.
0: Yeah. That's that's one place that you and I are different. Like that even if I knew that was patently absurd, because it's like, lady, I'm not the one who didn't ship this out. I'm just somebody who's on the end of the phone.
1: Oh, I think it took me many years of upset frustration before I stopped taking it personally.
0: Okay. So you like even to.
1: when you first met me and I worked at the red horse, I would yeah. get riled up by people. So a So you,
0: you got hard by working in the restaurant. Yeah.
1: Situation. Just the more it happens and the percentage of the times that it happens yeah. where you really realize that it's not, doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. Then you just start to learn it really doesn't have anything to do with me. It's all about the other person. And just placating them is going to make everybody's day easier.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right.
1: And then I also think it's hilarious because that woman yelled at me that I ruined Christmas. And now I have this story about how I ruined Christmas. Yeah. And to me, that's worth it. Like when I spilled a Bloody Mary on a guy during brunch. All over his shirt, and he looked at me and said, "Well, now I guess I can't go straight to my voice lesson." <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, and then you get to hold on to that. You know, I was uh, something I was always going to ask you because you you worked at a uh, like a medium nice place in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and you worked at a medium nice place in Brooklyn. Was the clientele different? Like, did, did dealing with people different?
1: Much different.
0: Okay. Can you, can you break the pl- up the distinction? Yeah,
1: the place in Brooklyn was very much like a neighborhood spot. Mostly people who lived in the area would come in for dinner and yeah. wanted it to be like their local regular spot. Yeah. The place in Manhattan was mostly like office groups. So people with their coworkers, which yeah. is like an awkward vibe sometimes. Yeah. Well, let's go have
0: a sandwich and discuss this deal kind of
1: yeah, thing. Yeah, like.
0: And Mario Vitale.
1: Yeah, and then tourists, tons of tourists. Yeah. And the Bowery Hotel was very close by, so like rich tourists.
0: Oh, right. You right, know right, what I right. mean? Yeah, yeah. But and you it also was got near to meet-
1: Soho. So it was like people shopping, blah, blah,
0: blah. You had to hang out with Cape Blanchette once, didn't you?
1: Yes. That was, was cool. What
0: was that all about? Is that did
1: that make it in the movie? No. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say, I didn't see it in the movie.
1: They shot a scene for Oceans Eight. In the restaurant I worked at, they rented out the whole place for the day. It was a scene between Kate Blanchett. Which is a lot of money. And Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And then I think they ended up reshooting it in Veselka.
0: Oh, they just didn't like your place.
1: I guess not.
0: Isn't that interesting how like they, that kind of stuff happens?
1: I mean, it's absurd. It's like probably a maybe 20 second scene. Yeah, yeah. It took all day. Yeah.
0: And That no one and else And then they would didn't even use it. Right. Yeah, the movie industry is just so completely strange.
1: And do you want to know what? I saw that movie. Not that great. Not good. No. Disappointed.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're like, I don't know. Just because that, now if that scene was in it and maybe you were even in the background walking around with that, it a movie
1: I ever saw in my life. <laughs> 100%. <laughs>
0: Um, okay. So a, a few years ago, you came to me cause you wanted to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. Cause I want, I want to talk about like your, your current stuff you're doing and also the stuff you do for other people. Like I just, can we talk about all that stuff? Please. Okay. So you, why did you want to start a podcast in the first place?
1: Well, when I was, um, like around the Small time girl
0: of 10, when
1: I was a young lass, yeah. When I was – around the time I knew you, maybe a little before I met you, maybe a little after, I don't remember the timeline, I was a dog walker. Okay. And I started listening to podcasts when okay. I was a dog walker. Good money in dog walking? Yeah, For, pe- it was for people fine. Who, listen
0: to, who listen to this, maybe who like live in the suburbs and the whole idea of a dog walker, neighborhood dog walker being just something that's in movies, you know what I mean? What do you just have a big ring of keys – Mm-hmm. People pay you whatever it is, $20 or whatever it is to walk their dog. And you kind of do this weird thing where you pick up dog one, you walk them to dog two, you pick up dog two, you pick up dog three, and then maybe you walk around, drop off dog one while still with two and three, that kind of thing. Yep. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's pretty good.
0: And 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 then what are they, is it like a, is it a, like a cleaning service kind of thing where it's like, no, you you pay for five walks a week. And I have to remember that I walk, you know, Puppy number 6 on Mondays, <laughs> Wednesdays and Fridays or whatever it is. Like
1: is it? That- I'm naming my dog Puppy number 6. Um <laughs> Rex. I worked for a company so oh, they work- okay. would they would get the clients and then I would meet them and they'd be like, "Yeah, she seems like she's not going to steal our stuff." Yeah. <laughs> and then I would just go however often they needed. Okay. And yeah, I mean it would be spaced out like th- throughout the middle of the day usually. Yeah. And you liked it? Well, I liked it a lot because there's a lot of freedom and just riding your bike around to different houses and being outside and walking and except
0: th- when the weather sucked.
1: Yeah, that was kind of tough. but then so I started listening to podcasts every single day. Um, WTF with Mark Marin was right. the first one. and um, comedy bang Bang,
0: right. which because you're a comedy fan? Huge. One big thing where Bianca and I differ.
1: Bill doesn't like comedy. I don't. I,
0: I don't find comedy funny. <laughs>
1: but he loves to laugh. I do. Like so to I la- don't get it.
0: Yeah. Every time I listen to comedy, almost all comedy. I mean, there's people that I've liked in the past, but almost all comedy that I listen to makes it feel like it's relatively smart people trying way too hard to seem witty. That's what it feels like to me. That's what comedy all comedy like. It makes me Stand roll up my up eyes. Comedy
1: or any comedy. Stand up comedy. Art.
0: People talking on mic. Um, almost any comedy TV show, like I've tried to watch parks and rec a number of times and it just makes me go, Oh, it, it makes me uncomfortable how hard they're trying to be funny. Like it just, it's, it seems like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a gen X thing or something.
1: That's interesting to me.
0: Yeah. Anyway. So, so you're listening to comedy, bang, bang and Mark Maron
1: walking dogs, even
0: the Mark Maron episodes where he's talking to his comedian friends. Do you like those or do you like them when he's talking to somebody who's not a comedian?
1: I like them better when he's talking to a comedian. I've always been I've always been really fascinated by stand-up comedy and like on the sidelines of it. Yeah. Because I've tried it a few times, gone to open mics and stuff and written jokes, but ultimately I think I've made peace with the fact that the lifestyle of what you have to do if you want to practice that is definitely not for me. Like I That's can't a
0: tough life.
1: stay up late and yep. go to four open mics a night yep. and get home at 2am and then go to work at whatever job. Like I can't
0: not without drinking at least.
1: I know it's like, <laughs> it's just not for me. So yep. podcasting seemed so perfect to me because it was like a way for you to express yourself via comedy by not having to be in front of an audience, a live audience, but also putting on a show and it could be loose or as prepared as you wanted it to be. Like, I guess more, con- you have more control right. over the parameters of it. Yeah. And then you don't have to watch anybody listen to it, which is right. better.
0: Because the anxiety on the other side of it, of, of how people appreciate it or don't appreciate it, Right. Is a thing.
1: Right. So, I mean, it was fun when I was walking dogs, but it got to the point where I was listening to so many episodes of Comedy Bang Bang per day that I just sort of went insane because I wasn't talking to any other humans. Yeah. And it was just all like crazy bits in my head all the time. Yeah. So that wasn't a sustainable (laughs) lifestyle choice.
0: Yeah. Is that a daily show?
1: No, weekly. But, but you I were had, going back. You I, had years
0: yeah. of back I had catalog, years, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so you decided to do Fitless originally,
1: right? So my podcast Fitless that Bill helped me with. I think also because I did study journalism in college, and I and I did feel like I think sometimes I don't have, or historically I have not had high enough self-esteem to think that. I could just be entertaining like without anything to be entertaining about.
0: You that you you need a topic. You need a foundation right. to be be building on.
1: Right. So I thought It's
0: like an improv thing. Like give me a topic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> One word suggestion from the audience. Yeah. Exercise. Yeah. Yeah. So my podcast was I would go with a guest to a different fitness class or do an exercise. And then we would talk about it on the show for right. about an hour. So we did. I did about a year's worth of episodes every yeah. week.
0: Are there are fifty something.
1: I think there are fifty one.
0: Okay. Um, which you know what for 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 a podcast that has there are only so many different exercise things you could do. It's open ended, but it's finite. Right. You know what I mean? Fifty is a pretty good run. I thought so. Yeah.
1: And it was just so much work to produce because you'd have to schedule, you'd have to schedule the person yeah. you'd have to schedule the time to exercise with them, go to the class and then schedule a the time to record with them. Yeah. A different person every week. I, I Plus having a lot of other jobs that actually pay you money. Right.
0: So did you, did you, you didn't always record right after you did the exercise. Sometimes you'd go on Tuesday night to do exercise and then meet on Thursday afternoon to record right. the thing. Yeah. And um, I, I, I remember thinking, I remember, you know, helping you get it off the ground technologically. Um, Thank you. No, you're welcome. Uh, anytime. But I, I remember thinking how that I was very proud of you for doing it, keeping up with it. Thank you. you were very consistent.
1: I Yeah, I tried to be as consistent as I could
0: back to the on time stoner remark from.
1: Yeah. A <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was a I mean I would love if I had more time I would love to keep doing that show. Yeah. Because I think I've I've always had sort of a complex around fitness and exercise and not being able to find my groove in that space. Yeah. And I think that it's really interesting to talk to people about how exercise figures into their lives and how sort of ridiculous it is that it's like something that you could do for free, but people pay all this money to do it. Yeah. And especially in New York, all yeah. these weird boutique type. I'm even worse in LA. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. there is an episode from LA.
0: Oh, is there? Okay. I missed that one.
1: Plate fit.
0: What is plate fit?
1: It's a vibrating platform that you do exercise. Are you with. kidding me? It's supposed to like engage your muscles even more because okay, it's that's vibrating. Just ridiculous. Like that, you know, that belt yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah, fifth yeah. 40s? Yeah. It's like that.
0: See, see, you're right, though. There's an absurdity of exercise, right? Where it's ultimately you and I right now could go for a jog and then come home and like do push ups and planks and whatever it is using nothing but gravity. And we'd get a very good workout Mm -hmm. and yet people spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month on classes and, and gym memberships and whatnot.
1: Yeah. And I do think it's really a good thing to do to talk to women in my life about how they feel about their bodies and moving them and like presenting them to the world. Like, what does that mean to you? And, and I also think kind of, Audio is a good medium for that discussion because it removes the
0: they're not on camera the
1: body from the yeah. conversation. Yeah.
0: Did you did you come to any conclusions or any consensus when asking these questions? Because I mean, you did. You also had a number of men like I was on there, and you had you were interviewed Sean Zetlin, who's mm-hmm. a trainer friend of ours who who was on this show a few episodes ago. Um, Shout
1: you, out to Sean. Woo.
0: Did you, have, uh, did you have any, uh, uh, did you come to any conclusions about the way people, women especially, see themselves and see the, the point of?
1: There's a lot of shame and.
0: That they don't look good enough, that kind of thing? Yes. From, from a I need to find me a man kind of way or from a other women way or how society expects them to look like in, in what I kind I think of-
1: more just like I'm not allowed to take up space. And sometimes when you exercise, you're it's like the only arena in which a woman is allowed to take up a lot of space. Interesting. Via running, jumping, like sweating.
0: Do you think that's true? or Do you think that's a perception? That, well, that obviously it's
1: a perception. Yeah. You're allowed to take up as much space as you want, but you're not supposed to. It's not polite to, like, yeah. I mean, it's like the Serena Williams thing, you know? Sure. Like everybody was so mad forever about her noises and her, it's that, it's that. I think every, every woman who I talked to on the show had some inkling of that feeling about exercise, which I find pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Did you feel satisfied with the run?
1: I did. I mean, like I said, I wish I could do it more. It just was unsustainable. It it was really, (laughs) really difficult.
0: But this was at a time when you were trying to sort of transition out of doing the work you were doing. You and I and Heather and a bunch of other people were having long conversations about, you know, your future and how you get into other work and how you start doing this on. Because you obviously are very good at it. You can do it at a professional level. So thank you. How do we find, you know, how do we find a way to get you in a situation where you're doing that at a professional level? Right. right And you ended up getting this internship with, with it Keith and the girls? Is that what it's called? Yes. Which is a big, which is a big show. Yes. In the comedy world, which I do not swim in.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a local show. Yeah. They record in Queens and they've been podcasting for 14 years. Right. They so they have, were there
0: at the beginning, beginning.
1: They have over 3,000 episodes because they do five shows a week.
0: God, that's so exhausting.
1: And they, like Mark Marin was on their show and then yeah. he came up, he was like, I should do this and started WTF. Oh, really? Yeah. So they've, they interview comedians from, and they talk about the news and stuff, but they interview comedians from... Like the level of open micer to like a Gilbert Gottfried, yeah. You know they they don't. I was like
0: Gilbert Gottfried, by the way.
1: He is amazing.
0: I think I think he is. I mean, people find him annoying, whatever it is. But I think that underneath it, it's a little like Bobcat. Like Bobcat's a really smart guy.
1: I love him. And you
0: hear him have conversations when he's not playing the character, and you're just like, yeah, I could be that guy's friend. Like I'm, I'm in. Yeah. You know, he knows what to talking about. I feel like Gilbert's a little bit the same way.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think he's really smart and funny.
0: So on, on this show, I admit that I haven't listened to it. They're doing all of this, but they're also kind of trying to outdo each other with one liners and funny things that they say.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're just joking around. Right. Something you wouldn't understand, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of beyond you. It's kind of over your head, but they're yeah, just I get it. doing joking. So. It's, it's
0: funny. I know you wouldn't understand. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, so you're working there for whatever, six months or a year or something.
1: It's been like a y- almost two years now. Okay. Yeah.
0: But at what point did they say, Hey, we're going to get you on mic.
1: I think I, like, popped in here and there f- at first, and then they— You happen
0: to be there when they were recording, and they, like, say something to you while they're recording, and then you'd, like, answer that yeah, kind
1: of thing? Yeah, or they'd be like, do you have an opinion on this? And then you'd walk up and be like, I think, bop, 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 bop.
0: Yeah. But it feel like, though, that at the time, did it feel a little bit like they like you were, like, the little sister—
1: who yeah. was In the room
0: where they were bringing along when they were going out smoking weed on a Saturday night. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: It was the definitely that vibe of like yeah. the interns in the back of the room typing furiously. Yeah. Blah yeah. blah blah. Whatever. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm friggin' thirty years old. It's fine. Yeah. It's part of the show.
0: So <laughs> it's then. A shtick they, that, is that a word? Yeah. Of- <laughs> they
1: asked me to um, host a show that they have. You know, a VIP package that you can buy and they have their own app
0: if you're a big enough fan you throw them whatever ten dollars a month or whatever it is and you get access to listen to
1: bonus content
0: right which includes just you or other stuff
1: other stuff too
0: okay so explain to them what you do
1: so my show is called last week on keith and the girl and it's a wrap-up show of their show
0: it's meta
1: so they do five shows a week and then i come in and we recap them okay. and we talk about
0: you and who else so how many people
1: just the two hosts keith and hemda oh
0: so they're at, they're on there too okay yeah. i misunderstood that i thought it was like two other sort of non participants in no, the other no
1: i interview them about the week that
0: oh interesting the
1: week that was and
0: how long how long is that end up being that like show?
1: 45 minutes okay. to an hour
0: yeah so you're, so 5 10 minutes on each episode or yes. whatever that kind of thing yeah
1: and now we've done 52 of those
0: Right. And you have you have your own little shticks and stuff. You have fans who listen to you.
1: Well, I wouldn't call them fans. I mean there are people <laughs> You're who like, know me. I prefer the
0: term stalker. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are people who I don't know who like write in and who know me, which is yeah. so cool to to be Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like new to me to yeah. be even minorly in the public eye. Yeah.
0: It's, it's strange. Like when I was doing on taking pictures with Jeffrey, like, you know, we had a fairly good listenership and, you know, you would go places and meet people who were fans of the show and, and they know 500 hours about you. Cause they've heard you talk for 500 hours, some of them. And you think, wow, I, you're very nice Joe or whatever. His name <laughs> is, But like, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a weird sort of uneven, friendship mm-hmm. even if they become friends it will take a long time for it to even out the knowledge yes separation um and it's weird to think that like you and i both talk fairly openly about what goes on in our head and all the rest of it it's interesting to me that when you meet people like that it's like they know not just you know where i went to lunch the other day but they know that i had a really hard week and i was depressed and et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, one listener of last week on Keith and the Girl wrote into their forums page that listening to me talk about going on antidepressants made him seek psychiatric help and that he started taking antidepressants. Right. And I was like, ah,
0: You're a trailblazer. Yeah. (laughs)
1: There's a hero (laughs) and it's me. (laughs) Just kidding.
0: (laughs) So wait, uh, uh, so... All of this was happening and then you had kind of a a, a, a person well actually you know what let's go back because how many years ago was it that you got hit by a car
1: Um this is a it good was story December
0: 6th Yeah I remember it was December
1: 2016 I think Oh was it really? Yeah. Okay. So uh, three I years am, ago
0: I am here and June I'm and it's the night that I'm going to take this picture that you can go find on my website
1: A really important picture. (laughs) A very important picture
0: of uh, my friend Sarah in a burlesque outfit up on the counter of a diner with all these people in the diner kind of ignoring her.
1: Took a lot of coordination on your part.
0: It took, yeah, it involved (laughs) getting a lot of people in the same place at the same time. And it was like 14 lights or something like that. It was like seven lights. Anyway, I was building up to this night because I was planning on it and, and had to get the location and get all the people in the same place at the same time. And And I think you were going to come help out or whatever it is or be in the shot. And I had made veggie lasagna lasagna for everybody. (laughs) I figured, let's meet here at this place at the house. We'll eat veggie lasagna. We'll talk about the plan and then we'll go up and and we'll do the thing. So it's a half an hour before everyone's supposed to show up, maybe an hour. And my phone lights up and it says, Bianca Brady. And I was like, I pick it up. I'm like, hey, B, what's going on? And this woman on the other, this this other, this like disembodied voice on the other side says this, hi, Bill, this isn't Bianca. My name is like Sharon. Do you remember what her name was? We have no idea who this woman was.
1: God bless her.
0: Yeah, I know. My name is Sharon. I'm calling you from Bianca's phone and Bianca just got hit by a car and she told me to call you. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, Bianca's lying in the middle of the street (laughs) and it was dark and it was rainy. Remember? It was a crazy, it was pouring rain. And it was a very dark night anyway. And Bianca being, you know, a hipster millennial uh, New Yorker is wearing all black with a black hood.
1: Yeah, it's normal <laughs> New York City attire. Um, How dark can it be when there's lights yeah. everywhere?
0: <laughs> and so the the, the woman...
1: Also, is navy blue. F- just full disclosure. Okay, okay,
0: okay. And, and she says, I said, okay, wh- you know, where are you? I'll be right there. So... She says, oh, it's, you know, down, down the street from us. So I throw my, cl- I literally throw my clothes on and run through the rain to get to my friend who's <laughs> lying in the street, presumably dead as far as I'm concerned. You didn't, right?
1: She didn't say she was, that I was conscious.
0: I think she may, you know, but you never know, right? right? Like who knows what the, you know, this woman could have limited knowledge. I don't know if you have internal <laughs> injuries. I don't know anything, right? <laughs> And uh, you know, so we go down there, and and you're in the back of the uh, ambulance.
1: I was already in the back of the ambulance when yeah. you arrived. Okay.
0: And I, she's like, I don't remember any of this. And uh, hit my
1: head pretty hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. So exactly. Wait. Before we get to the rest of the story, what happened? You were crossing the street, and a a Domino's truck.
1: No, a delivery <laughs> car. So I was crossing the street, um, one block away from my apartment, and I was. Like, oh, I'm so excited to go to Heather and Bill's. I remember thinking, huh, Veggie lasagna. I, I love veggie lasagna. It's so fun to have friends in, in life. <laughs> I wonder what kind of ice cream I should get to bring. And as I was thinking about what kind of ice cream should I get, yeah. from behind, like from my back right, I just get sort of hit by this car and scooped up, but I didn't see it coming at all. Yeah. So my feet fly out from under me. And I basically fly up in the air and land directly on my back, like on my and slam my head against the ground. Yeah. Like it scooped me up, kind of pitched me up like a tiddlywink, yeah. and then I You
0: end up horizontal and go boom, down yes, with gravity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And it was so weird because I when people say like that time slows down, that's very true. Yeah. I swear to God, I had about 14 separate thoughts when I was in the air yep. about like, huh, I think I just got hit by a car.
0: Yep.
1: Wow, There's I'm nothing flying you through can do. the air. Yeah, This is gonna suck in a couple seconds. And yeah. then slam. And then, you know, maybe I went out for like a second and then I opened my eyes. I was still, the key detail is that it was raining and prior to getting on the subway, I went into REI and I bought an umbrella.
0: Which you never buy anything at.
1: No, I only use the bathroom there. Right. <laughs> but I was like, it's raining. I'd like an umbrella. I spent $38 on this umbrella, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. It is a
0: somewhat exorbitant amount to spend on an umbrella.
1: And I said to myself, that's okay. I'll just never lose it. I get hit by a car <laughs> like an hour later. Yeah. I'm clutching on to the umbrella. trying the to get umbrella. you to lose it. Yeah. This woman comes into my sight line. Who should I call? I had just been thinking about you. Yeah. And I knew I was you were expecting me. Yeah. So I said, Bill Wadman. Yeah. She called you. But then when you got there in the EMTs, I was just so fixated on the umbrella as sort of a way to keep myself from freaking out, yeah. I was like, "Hey, just so everyone knows, I spent thirty-eight dollars on that. Can we please make sure it's in the ambulance? It was very expensive. <laughs> kind of an impulse buy."
0: Yeah, let's not even think about how much this ambulance is going to cost. <laughs> no. So I hop in the back of the ambulance. First time I've ever actually ridden in an ambulance it was very exciting. Me too. Uh, so I hop in, buckle up, and you and I go like fast forward to the to the to the hospital. And spend the next two hours, like, sitting at the hospital. And it's so genius because when somebody <laughs> has a concussion, they just kind of keep you there and watch you for a while to make yeah. sure you don't pass out or die or have some weird bleed that they don't figure out initially, mm-hmm. right? And so you're in this booth with this woman. What was that woman's name? Kim. 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 Was this woman who, who apparently was was very excited? Do you think she was there for real reasons, or do you think it was all a hoax? Her, her. I think
1: it was probably a combination of real reasons and less than real
0: reasons. She, she wanted some attention. Yes, and Kim also wanted a sandwich. She was very hungry. Yeah.
1: Anybody who walked by our little curtained off area, she would say, "Hey, can you get me a sandwich?" I'm hungry. I need a sandwich.
0: Now did they keep bringing her sandwiches? Nobody brought her sandwiches. Really? The whole time? I thought she kept getting them and she never got them.
1: She, no, she never got them.
0: Ah, oh, so she was she was thwarted at she every was like, step. I'm
1: hungry. I yeah. need a sandwich. Right. And, and I was like sucks, man to be so hungry and not even <laughs> be able to get one sandwich.
0: Yeah. And then there was the guy on the other side of the curtain who was trying to hit on you. Seymour. Seymour.
1: Yeah. <laughs> What did he, he said say I you? sounded like I had a beautiful voice.
0: <laughs> but he's on the other side of the curtain. Like it's like it's like uh, uh, the dating game or something.
1: It was pretty <laughs> absurd. And I was severely concussed, so I don't remember much. Right. Also, I was in a neck brace and I couldn't really move around. And they
0: made you pee in
1: bed? They made me pee in a bedpan.
0: Which next to some woman you don't even know. And then Seymour's like less than a sixteenth of an inch of fabric <laughs> away. <laughs> And
1: I was like, he's just
0: like, I like a woman who can pee in a bedpan. It's
1: like, I can't make myself go because it's very difficult to pee when you're not sitting on a toilet, which yeah. is cognitively. Yeah, you're deep. just
0: like, no, I'm not supposed to exactly. do this. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so Kim, who wanted a sandwich, was like, think of a river, think of a waterfall. <laughs> meanwhile bill has to go to his photo shoot right so
0: my photo thing is still happening yeah 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 so so bianca you gotta get your drink i know it's it's exhausting the um right i gotta leave but they kept trying to like ply you with meds right this is what heather says so heather comes in and tag teams in for me as i go do the shoot but they just like somebody who doesn't drink who has a family history of like drug stuff and you they're trying to like give you drugs Yes. That you're not asking for. You're not saying you're particularly in pain. No. You just want like an ice pack and they're like, here, have Percocet.
1: They kept trying to give me Percocet and I said, no, thank you. Like three times.
0: It's such a weird thing. I mean, it just, as I mean, it's, it's anecdotal, but it just sort of shows you. And what they were offering
1: was. it like, Hey, you want some you of want this? You want some Percocet,
0: don't you? Wink, wink, like, nudge, Like we're going to
1: be cool yeah. now. We're friends.
0: Yeah. First one's free.
1: I was like what no
0: it's so weird yeah um but you survived this although you do spend the next year not crossing the street unless the light (laughs) said walk although you were in a crosswalk with a walk sign when you got hit so you know doesn't doesn't really say anything and do you walk with headphones out now
1: no i use headphones
0: okay okay i try Um,
1: not to i try to be aware but yeah i mean i was doing everything right
0: yeah right exactly Um, but so you, you, you get over your concussion and then a year later, tragedy strikes again. Yes. So what happened this time?
1: (laughs) So there's a fire in my apartment building. Downstairs neighbor turned out to be a severe hoarder.
0: And you had no idea that he was severe hoarder. Did you know the guy?
1: I knew him. I knew there probably wasn't great in there, but I didn't know the extent.
0: This was right below you or across the street, across the across the hall.
1: Across the hall below. Yeah. Yeah. And so I smelled smoke one night. I called 911. And the fireman came, then the other fireman came, then like several hundred firemen
0: came. No, yeah, it was a serious thing.
1: There was like probably 3 trucks.
0: And you said they 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 broke out the windows and were just throwing this guys crap onto the street cuz they needed to get it out of the place to move around and deal with the fire.
1: They were basically standing on top of the horde, shoveling it out the windows. Could you imagine? I don't have to. I saw it.
0: Holy cow. Did you take pictures of that?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Now, now after having dealt with all the stuff you dealt with a year prior, and not even to mention all of the paperwork that got involved with getting the Domino's delivery truck driver to pay for your medical expenses... We'll leave that out of the the story. <laughs> That's a podcast into itself. Yes, <laughs> you should you start teaching classes on how to manipulate and deal with the insurance industry. I should. I should. Um, were you just like, oh no, not again? You know, you're 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 the whale in uh, in the Hitchhiker's Guide who's falling through the air, or the Pretty pot much. of petunias.
1: Pretty much. I was. I mean, you. I didn't really realize how bad it was going to be because it. You know. I mean I did see them wheel my neighbor out of the building on like a gurney and dead. he did well he wasn't quite dead yet but he did die like a couple days later in the hospital. And it
0: turned out he was smoking, is that what it was?
1: That's what they said. That's yeah. what they think.
0: Oh man.
1: Yeah. So it was So now re- you're homeless. It was very gruesome. I actually went so the fire was at around midnight and they let us back into the building at around like 3 or 4 a.m. Okay. So I- What day,
0: what part of the year was this? I forget now.
1: February 26th. Oh, so it was freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. So I was just sort of like, well, the lights aren't turned on, like the electricity is not working, but everything else seems fine because nothing was damaged in my unit. Right. So I was like, can we get the lights on or what? Like, what's the deal? And then I texted my bosses. I was like, I think I'm going to be late tomorrow. Right. The next day I went to work at two restaurants. I worked a double. And then.
0: On time for both of them.
1: Yeah. Sort of realized that things weren't going to be fixed right away. And so I was homeless and I stayed here with Heather and Phil. Yeah. My mom and
0: dad. Yeah, in Brooklyn.
1: (laughs) And I was out of there for almost five months, like four and a half months.
0: Now, if you would, did you have insurance, uh, renter's insurance? Okay. Now, do you have it now? I do. Okay. If you had had it, would that have helped? What would that have helped with?
1: I think they would have, like, laundered my stuff, like... like, it wouldn't have helped
0: pay for living expenses while you were out of the place right now.
1: I'm like not sure. It okay. might have. <clears throat>
0: yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But none of your stuff got destroyed. It was just, it was mostly sort of a, just a large inconvenience of feeling like you had no home.
1: Right. Because there was no, there were no utilities in the building. No right. running water. Yeah. No gas. And then no they ended up
0: having to reline the whole thing for gas mm-hmm. and basically redo big chunks of your building in order to get it up to code again. Right. Do you so think that is, it was not up to code when you were living in it the first time? And this is like...
1: Probably not. I don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I learned a lot about um, building codes too, though. Yeah. So another class I could teach.
0: <laughs> I think, you know, you should, we should start adding up all the skills you have and find some crazy job that involves all of those things, you know? It's
1: like um, dealing with bureaucracy through tragedy, the yeah. Bianca Brady story. <laughs>
0: I think it's actually, but see, almost in some ways, your, your ability to deal with the crazy person. Yes. This is good training for this. For sure. I mean, cause there were moments when you were upset, half losing it, just sort of like, I can't take any more of this.
1: I think, yeah, I think I sort of, I buckled down, but I stayed with you guys for probably like maybe three four nights after it happened and there was one night I came home from work kind of late and you had made veggie lasagna as you do. As one does. And you had had people over and they were leaving and I was like weirdly like wild eyed post this crazy thing happening just trying to wrap my head around it and I I remember really crying that night because I was like It just sort of sunk in that this was going to be a fucked up situation. Yeah. Excuse my language. That's fine. Um, But then after that, I was like, okay, like time to rally. And I stayed probably 10 different places over those months.
0: And saved some money because you weren't paying as much rent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, how did, uh, can we talk a little bit about depression?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: She's like, great. This is great. I love it. But you, you've, you and I have both dealt with depression for years. We've seen therapists. We've done done the work. Done the work. Um, not quite as neurotic as somebody like Mark Maron. I don't think either of us are. Yeah, maybe not. Um, I think
1: he kind of hams it up a little.
0: You think he does it for effect? Yes. Interesting. Um. But but. I always, I, I guess my question is, did you think, do you think that the origins of your depression are, because you, you've recently in the last, what was it, like three, four months ago?
1: Um. Yeah. In, I think October, I started taking antidepressants. Okay. You started taking
0: SSRI. And I have been on all of those at various times. I have not been for the last, I don't know six years, seven years, but there was a good 20 year period where I was on and off mm-hmm. any number of them. I had problem. I did, I had side effects. I didn't like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't all roses for me taking them. Like they were useful as a tool, but I didn't like having to, I, I, I almost felt guilty relying on them. It felt like a crutch, you know? Yeah. And And there was also this sense of, I always felt like depression felt like somebody with a bat that was in the fog around me. And I never knew where the bat was going to come from and swing and slam me in the head. And when I was on the drugs, it's like the fog disappeared. The bat was still there, but I could, I could dodge it. Right. And I felt like, oh, now I know how the, the bat moves. Even if I get off of them, I'll still know where the bat is. And I get off of them and the fog comes back and I'm just getting slammed again. Um, and I I discussed this a lot of this with you because you were kind of ambivalent about meds.
1: Yes, I think. What was your fear? Well, I think probably because of the non-drinking and the non-any kind of yeah, you know, mood-altering. Did smoke uh, at one point? Cigarettes. Yeah.
0: Not pop. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's just like. I mean, I became addicted to nicotine almost instantly. My first cigarette. Really? And coffee, my first sip of coffee, I think. Yeah. Like, it doesn't take long for me to get really into something. Candy Crush, same thing. You know, really
0: anything. (laughs) Crossword puzzles.
1: Yes, anything like that. Yeah. So... I think I was just afraid because I've never had um mood mind altering substance that like it was going to make me feel significantly different or out of control in some way.
0: Not you or or that you really wouldn't be in control.
1: That I really wouldn't be in control
0: okay. is did really Did you the d- thing. did you equate them with What other people would consider quote unquote drugs?
1: Yeah. You did. Okay. okay. I I mean, I knew that it wasn't going to like get me high. Right. But I didn't, I perceived any change in my mental state as a result of a substance to be a bad thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Sure.
1: So I've been trying so hard to be happy since I was like nine, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I really just thought if I had, if I just got all the pieces in the right order and if I just did a good enough job, if I got my exercise, hit my steps, did vegetables, hung out with friends, Uh, read more, less screen time, kept busy, kept busy, worked a lot of hours, yeah, then it would be fine. And I, and I just hadn't yet been able to hit the right combo. And then kind of everything in my life fell apart post fire and a lot of other bad stuff happened. And I was just so down and my therapist and my mom were like, okay, what if you try this now? Maybe just like get yourself to a better place and i i had just kind of given up so i was like yeah fine whatever i'll try it sure so it took like being smushed into the dirt before i would rock bottom
0: as as rock (laughs) bottom as you're gonna feel
1: exactly
0: And, And any of the times that though that you were trying to maintain it through all of the things you just listed were there ups and downs were there moments were there weeks where you were like oh yeah okay, this is okay.
1: For sure. And I think when the year that I was doing fitless regularly was, was that's when I felt the best.
0: Because you're doing the exercise or because you just had something to just glue your mind onto? Both. Okay.
1: (laughs) Because it was like a combination of exercise and like creative output and it, and one relied on the other. So I couldn't shirk either responsibility and both of those things made me feel better right okay so in concert they made me feel really good
0: so you get the script you go to the thing you pick up your pills you go home and you're like holding it in your hand and a glass of water in the other one I mean was there that moment
1: yep I was like all right let's see what happens and they started me on 20 milligrams of Prozac
0: right the classic the old school
1: nothing happened and and my follow-up Appointment with the psychiatrist. I did another like self-reported worksheet of depression. Yeah, and I self sort of like
0: the one to ten pain thing, but for depression.
1: I self-reported worse depression (laughs) than I had. Um, so he was like, "All right, let's double it." And I was like, "All right, I don't think this bullshit works."
0: You are like two lines of Prozac. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Whatever you say, man. Um, (laughs) so. We did that. We did 40. And then maybe like 2 weeks went by and there was one day where I was like, "Oh, there it is. Started working."
0: Yeah, you could you felt the difference.
1: I felt the difference so clearly and I think we hung out cuz we I didn't see you for like a little while, especially yeah. during my homelessness phase yeah. cuz I was out of the neighborhood, but you we hung out. And I remember your reaction being, like, more um, sp- specific than anyone else's in my life. You were very surprised at the difference. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's an inter- it's an interesting to me because wh- I remember one time, like, the first time I was ever on SSRIs, I, I was taking Zoloft. This is 93. I was in college.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I immediately felt the effects. I mean, the first day, the first pill, I was like, wait, what, what? And I remember I, you know, I wrote a piece for string quartet. Like I was on, I had a sort of a manic week Mm -hmm. looking back on it. It was probably a bad sign. Right. But at the time I was like, Oh my God, if this is how it is, this is amazing. You know what I mean? Like I could imagine it's, you know, did you feel like you weren't yourself or did you just feel like the 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 fog had cleared.
1: I just felt like there was so much more room in my brain. And I still feel this way that there's more room in my brain for the things that I want to do and the things that I want to think about. And I'm not constantly like beating back this just dark cloud that has no point to be there. Yeah. That takes up all this room in my brain. Yeah. And I couldn't – I was like almost in tears every day like for the first month that it was working because I couldn't believe – I couldn't believe that it was possible and because I had done so much work on myself to that point. I had been trying so many things and doing healthy lifestyle. You know, it wasn't like I was some – you, know, you weren't
0: beating yourself up constantly and had bad habits and whatever. No, You're doing everything you could do minus the meds.
1: Right. And this was really the final step. And I I truly still can't believe that some people just feel like this in regular brain.
0: Yeah, that is that is the part that gets me. It's like, wait, this is what normal people feel like? It's so weird. This is the baseline that everyone else is working from? Because man, I feel like I'm you know, I'm I'm I have a negative handicap. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. It's like I'm working from like 40 yards back. Right. I feel like. And yeah. it
1: to take me so much gear up to just gear up to do anything. Yeah. and And so basically from age 10 to age 30, I felt one way. And then it was so clearly different. Now I feel a different way. So, and I haven't, and I've been so lucky that I haven't really had any um, I have had side effects, but no, none that hinder yeah. me. I the have we,
0: weird nightmare, weird dreams.
1: Not even nightmares, just like insane dreams. Yeah, like constant dreaming.
0: And they, you enjoy those? You don't? Those don't scare yeah, you?
1: Yeah, I like them. Okay, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they, I found them kind of disturbing. So I didn't like that part. That was one of the things that I didn't like.
1: Yeah, very, very dreams. Sleep changes
0: the amount of sleep you need, or, or yeah, don't I need. wake
1: up earlier. <laughs> I wake up fresh. I don't wake up angry as much.
0: Less tired overall?
1: Less tired. Just, and also because it coincided, I think taking them coincided with getting back into my apartment and things being back to normal. And I got a couple of new jobs and things kind of improved. So I feel like, I don't understand when people are like, oh, I feel better. I'm going to go off my antidepressants. I'm like, no, I think I'll just stay here. Now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to
0: ride this wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. just
1: feel so fortunate that I found something that worked. Yeah.
0: It is. Do you Now, do you look back at your fear of taking them? And I, I for one, I'm not certainly not telling people they should go on meds or not go on meds like I'm on. I have my experiences and I think I, I think I was pro you trying them, even though you were scared of it and they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily for me. I think I was actively saying you should give that a shot. Yeah, you were. But do you, do you feel like your, your, does your fear feel silly or not silly, but um, unwarranted?
1: It just feels kind of symptomatic of the actual problem that the meds. It was the
0: depression that was scaring you away from the meds. Almost like they were trying to talk you out of it.
1: Yeah. And I think fear in general, for me, depression, I think, manifests as a lot of fear. And so fear about anything is kind of symptomatic of that issue. Yeah. So I don't. I don't hold it against myself to be scared. I think it it made sense for me at the time. And I was never going to come to this conclusion about meds until it was time. And even my therapist had been recommending it for years. Yeah. And she wasn't ever going to push it on me. Yeah. You know, you just have to let people find their...
0: Their groove. Their groove. And do do you feel like now in therapy with the meds that you're making breakthroughs you wouldn't have made without them? Or is it just this, or is that not a thing?
1: I mean, kind of, it's kind of like given me more of an opportunity to work on things about the future rather than things about the present, like goals more so than like coping.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um but it's funny to go to into therapy now and be like everything's great. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what happened this week? Like, nothing nothing to talk about. I feel about. good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah.
1: I've been in therapy since I was 4 right. and this is the first time that that's been
0: right. what it's like. It's just it's kind of strange though that it it can all turn on some, you know, extra serotonin in your but synapses. But it also
1: is extremely validating right. for me because It's like, yeah. It is a chemical thing.
0: Yeah. Is it and, kind of weird, though, that your your perception of reality can shift that much based upon I a mean, single neurotransmitter being messed up within your brain?
1: I don't perceive it in that same way. I don't think that my perception of reality has changed. I still have a pretty dark sense of humor, and I tend to skew towards darkness in everything. But I think just my perception of my inner life is different. Okay. So it's not about an experience of the outward, the outside world. For me, it's about the experience of waking up and not feeling like getting out of bed and doing everything is going to take me four hours and my limbs are 20,000 pounds a piece. Right,
0: right, right.
1: It's like being able to move through the world, more easily because there's not this big concrete block in my head that just yeah. takes up
0: space. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. Thank so you. So you're gonna stick with them? I think so. Um, so this, so all of this, though, you started doing your your crosswords. Yes. Last year too, wasn't it?
1: Yes, I wanted to try and quit Candy Crush, so I needed As another phone addiction. Okay. So I got the Crossword app.
0: Had you done Crosswords as a child?
1: Yeah, I've always been into them. Not as, not like super. Not but, like
0: Whitey Puzzleman level. But yeah,
1: <laughs> But then I started doing it every day right. and getting really into like reading about puzzles and thinking about puzzles. Yeah, and, nerding
0: out the of, about the makers of the puzzles. Yes. And the yes. history of the puzzles yes. and the themes of the puzzles yes. and the difficulty levels of the puzzles and
1: my times and
0: your times. Yeah. So you, and, and do you see it as you competing against yourself or you pe- competing against other people? Myself. Okay. Myself. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause the fastest people are much faster than me.
0: Right. Um, all right. So you, you did the fit list for 50 episodes and then a few months ago you were just like, Yeah, uh, I want to do a crossword podcast. (laughs) And
1: everyone's like, "Mm, that sounds like a bad idea. That sounds
0: sounds really like not a lot of fun to listen to, Bianca. Yeah,
1: probably don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, I'm doing it.
0: Yeah. And you're what, like 10, 15 episodes in?
1: Yeah, we just posted the ninth,
0: actually. Okay, 10.
1: This morning.
0: Okay, nine. Uh, And... You, it's you. Occasional uh, and and co-hosts. Sometimes the same people. Sometimes different people. Talking through Sunday to Saturdays. New York
1: Times, New York Times crossword, Times crossword
0: puzzles. Now, yeah. in the crossword world, I know here, New York Times crossword is in the center of the crossword universe. Is that true across the crossword universe?
1: I believe so. I'm new to the. I'm new to Crossword.
0: So is the is there is that actually a, yes. a term? Okay, I can't tell if you're half kidding.
1: No, that's real.
0: <laughs> Is does the Washington Post and the L.A. Times have their own crossword people who make crosswords?
1: Yeah, but I think are those that, the B team. What are you telling? I me? think that the Times invested a lot in their crossword app, so it's a separate app that you okay. buy, and it's very usable, and it makes it very easy to do the puzzles. So okay. I think that that's kind of where they're. I don't think the content of the puzzles is any better yeah. than the other papers, but or the other I mean, major New York Times papers. Times has always been
0: one of the big handful right. of papers, so that makes sense. But, right. But um, the the are there people in the crossword world who look at the people doing it on an app versus on paper? Is there a division there? Is there a cleave?
1: I think so. I think there's a lot of old. Not that you're going to hear from
0: those people who do it on paper because they don't have phones. (laughs) They
1: don't have computers. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Yeah. I think like the the demographic for crosswords is changing very slowly compared to other types of entertainment.
0: That is still a lot of old people.
1: Yeah, but it is changing.
0: Yeah. Well, there was one of the one of the puzzles from this week that I heard on this week's episode. Written by like a 14 year old kid. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that. Yes. The young kids coming in and and taking over.
1: Yes. Word I nerds. mean Yeah.
0: What are they called? Puzzlers?
1: Cruciverbalists.
0: Cruciverbalists. Crossword
1: uh-huh. constructors.
0: Who came up with that term?
1: Probably them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At their annual meeting of the twenty six people who do this?
1: Yeah. I'm well, no. This weekend is the American Crossword Puzzle Tournament in Stamford, Connecticut.
0: And these are people who are who are uh, competing solving puzzles. Yes. Okay. So this is like we're all at a table and they go five, four, three, two. Turn over your paper. Go. Mm-hmm. And why are you not there right now?
1: Um. E- good question. I think hopefully next year I'll get there.
0: Yeah. I mean, as as an actual puzzler, as like press. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: Get me to Stanford. (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah. All all you got to do is dig Metro North. It's not that hard.
1: I just, I mean, I don't know. So the show is really silly. Yeah. Whitey Puzzleman's Crossword Hour. Me and mostly Olivia, my co-host. And we just break it down. And I mean, it's just a fun jumping off point for conversation because you can any everything reminds you of something and you yeah. can have a funny story yeah. so
0: I, I i like to i like to always bring up in your fitless episode with me you always had a, a question
1: <laughs> does this count as exercise yes
0: classic <laughs> and you said swimming if you're a fish tough one it is a tough one what was it where'd we come out of that one
1: we said no. I think
0: okay. Yeah, doesn't it's, count it's as like breathing. exercise because you got to do it to breathe as a fish. So if
1: you're a fish and you're like, I don't feel like swimming, then you got bigger problems. Sol, buddy, yeah. you're just like
0: <laughs> you might want to try Prozac.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a fish who doesn't feel like swimming. <laughs> That's my ad campaign.
0: So so uh, how's this going? How's this show going over on on the wrap up show with Keith and, Keith and the girl?
1: Well, it's been great because people are people are sort of closet crossword freaks
0: more people than you expected
1: yes people are into it
0: are they the same people who haven't drank in their lives
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know it's a it's a whole little niche
0: are some of them a little too crazy even for you of course yeah
1: i mean i i'm of the opinion that You should never take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Especially if you're me.
0: Yeah. So, Or be too rich or have enough RAM in your computer.
1: Whatever that means. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't, I'm not like a stickler about Googling stuff and like.
0: Although there are, They're sort of of crossword Nazis. Of
1: course. Yeah. But one listener emailed me, emailed in and said that, Listening to the show was like being in the most successful book club of her life. It was like she does the puzzles and then she can tune in and be like, yeah, same, same, same. Yeah,
0: OMG, same. So
1: it's like, think about it like that. A book club if you do the crossword. Okay.
0: And they can find that wherever crosswords are sold.
1: Podcasts.
0: Podcasts, rather. Yes. Wait, how much does it cost to do the crossword app?
1: It's $40 a year.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of entertainment for 40 yeah, bucks. Yeah. And
1: you have access to all the archives and other types of puzzles.
0: Okay, I got to ask as the addict in the room here. Uh-huh. Have you gone back and done old ones when you've done the one of the day? Of course. Yeah. So how all many do time. you do a day?
1: Probably at least 2. Okay. Sometimes 4. I like to relax by doing cuz they have a a bunch of features on the app that you can use like you can check the check to see if you're if you made any mistakes. Sure. Or you can reveal an answer if you're super stuck, which yep. is fun. And there's a feature called auto-check where if you put something in wrong, it just automatically tells you that that letter's wrong. So I like to go through and do old Saturdays, which is the hardest of the week on yep. auto-check. So I don't look anything up, but I do use auto-check.
0: Are there, Is there ever a situation where in the computer world it would be called a collision where two different words could fit there and that actually works because not, it doesn't work in both dimensions all the time. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there are some where there's a couple letters that aren't connected to any other words where there's a different word that could fit in there that works. That is wrong. Does that make sense? Or not what the puzzler and the, the, the puzzle maker intended.
1: I mean, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, But But. it's not
0: something that people talk about.
1: No. I mean, I, I remember in the famous, uh, documentary wordplay about the crossword puzzle
0: Sure. <laughs> We've all seen it.
1: There was a puzzle it's that in the war room. where the cl- one of the clues was like winner of the election last night and it could have either been Bill Clinton or Bob Dole. Yeah. Either one worked. Oh, interesting. With both downs and acrosses. So that's, that's kind of cool. But that's like a extreme feat of crossword constructing, for sure.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. That's almost like the constructor showing off.
1: Yeah, and there are a lot of
0: that. There's a lot of they, puzzles They're like all that. constructors are by definition think that they're superior.
1: I don't think so. You Not think all so? of them. No. Some of them I think are more excited about constructing the puzzle than the experience that the solver might have, and that can be a little frustrating as a solver. Yeah. But I can see being a constructor I mean like I'm going to challenge myself to get like every letter of the alphabet in the puzzle, right? Or whatever, whatever weird constraint you set up for yourself.
0: Right. 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 So right. fascinating. I find the whole thing fascinating. Fascinating. So uh, go subscribe to Whitey Puzzleman.
1: Whitey Puzzleman's crossword hour. You got it, and you can email whiteypuzzleman Puzzleman at gmail.com.
0: And That goes to that goes to Whitey. Yeah,
1: me. Yeah. <laughs> well, me. Whitey Puzzleman. Has anybody
0: written and said why is somebody named Whitey, an old you know bearded guy named Whitey Puzzleman, actually a young? Woman? Not yet. Okay, that, that that's that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> and I have one last question for you on Mike because I want it on Mike. Uh. uh when. If and when are you going to give up lozenges?
1: Nicotine lozenges? Yeah. Ugh, I don't know.
0: Is that a thing that does it, is there any part of you that says, yeah, I probably shouldn't eat these? Yes. Okay. So it's not like, no, this is the one thing in my life. Like it's, it's me and Coca-Cola. You know what I mean? Like I drink Coke. It's a, probably a bad idea, but I go to the gym all the time. I don't drink booze. I eat fairly well. Like if I drink a, a glass of Coke or two a day is not going to kill me.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, is is so it's not like that. It's more like, yeah, I should save some money and not be down in these things. Well, all
1: it's long. kind of like that. The way yeah. you describe that <laughs> sounds pretty good.
0: <laughs> She's like, great. I just gave justification to Bianca.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, allegedly they're not good for you. Nicotine lozenges. Yeah. And I went to the doctor and she was like, you should quit. And I was like, why? And she's like, because they're not good for you. And I was like, but why? Well,
0: nicotine. Messes, and she was like, like but, but your- they're
1: not. And I was like, you haven't told me why. Right,
0: right. But I'm sure she's right. They do mess with your like blood vessels and blood pressure, right? That's one of the things that nicotine does. Sure, right? that, like, of course. So who knows if that's, you know, doing stress on your cardiovascular system or something
1: nicotine is probably the best drug going even better than prozac really mm-hmm.
0: if you have to choose one or the other
1: nicotine
0: really <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it would be tough
0: yeah i'm really glad you don't drink <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, me too
0: uh, Bianca, thank you so much. Thanks, for Thanks, Phil.
1: On. Thanks for letting me on. Finally, letting, yeah, episode yeah. twenty-seven. <laughs> I finally have enough creds to be on the pod. I'm sorry, I'm not a professional dancer.
0: Wait, you know when you're
1: <laughs> Oy, yi, shout yi. out to Cisco.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, when uh, when your show ends up having a hundred thousand listeners a week, uh, you just let me know. We'll have you back on.
1: Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bum
0: bum 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 bum